Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bail is a constitutional right, but it is not absolute. Our laws are clear that they can that bail can be denied where there is just cause, when it is necessary for the safety of the public or to maintain the public's confidence in the administration of justice. That's David Lametti, by the way, the federal justice minister. Bail is a constitutional right. But the question is, should bail be as readily available as it's proven to be? And all we have to do is think about uh, OPP Constable Greg Pierce-Challa, who was shot and killed in December by an individual, allegedly shot and killed by an individual out on bail, who had initially been denied bail on an assault and weapons charge. My good friend Scott Newark, former Crown Attorney in Alberta, former Executive Director of the Canadian Police Association was an advisor, senior advisor to a public safety minister nationally and has uh, worked with victims groups in this country for many years. Scott introduced me to the whole debate on bail when I started doing this program in the early 90s. And I've said many times what I've learned about the justice system, I've learned from Mr. Newark. And he's back with us. And, And Scott, on the issue of bail... What was it? What was it? We were debating about bail in the early '90s. Was it the same issue as it is now? Too easy for for some to get bail, or was it something different? It was. Uh, it was different in the sense that um, the it was only one part of the larger problem, and the larger problem was how our system was dealing or not dealing with. Uh, repeat offenders, because a defining yeah, right. feature of our right. criminal justice system, Roy, as you and I have discussed for decades, is that a disproportionately small number of offenders are responsible for a disproportionately large volume of crimes. And a one-size-fits-all approach does not work. But it applies to more than bail. It's also about uh, parole. It's about how police uh, uh, organize themselves in dealing you know, with the repeat offenders, how uh, funding is actually allocated. And those are issues that have come up over the years. And I agree with you that the uh, recent uh, 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 killings uh, by people who are career criminals um, has raised this issue to the extent that I don't know that I've, I can recall ever seeing a situation where all of the premiers of all of the provinces and territories collectively write a letter demanding a meeting with the federal government to start the discussion. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It really is, and it gives me some degree of optimism, and I watched the the press conference after the meeting, and I have been in touch with a lot of people in a lot of different provinces, including ministers, to, to make that point that this is not just about bail. It's a more complex subject. You know, bail, the, the bail provisions that the, the minister was talking about, and other provincial people, is Section 515 of the Criminal Code, but there's a lot more that's there. It's about how we need to take steps to improve the way we deal with repeat offenders and not let our bail system simply be a catch-and-release process. So we don't want bail to be part of the justice process. We want that. It has to be. And we know there are people in Canada's prisons who are there for crimes they did not commit. We know that. And I've very, spoken to a number of them on this program. Few. Well, all it takes and is they one. They do exist, and that but is let me something that we must address. Yeah, we have, to, we have to make sure 
that there is opportunity for a person to, it's not the get out of jail free card, but it's an opportunity to not be confined if bail conditions are met. It's all about defining what, what bail is. Well, so so let me let, hold, hold on, Scott. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on a sec. So Mr. Lametti insists that he has confidence in the bail system. Um, I want to go back to this question, and you can answer this better than most. What is the intent of bail? Well, it's a balancing of interests, and and frankly, it's just part of our criminal justice system. Um, that is guided by the same principles. It's a balancing of interests, including people's civil rights, but also including, and they are specifically noted in the, uh, the legislation, that the court is entitled, and indeed uh, it reaches the point potentially of obligation, to deny someone bail if there are legitimate concerns that they won't okay. show up in Okay, court. so let me ask you to put on your Crown Prosecutor's hat right. for just a minute. So when you're in court and you're dealing with someone who's been charged and that person has a record, or let me, let me just remove that last part. When you're dealing with someone who's been charged and that person appeals for, applies for bail, and the Supreme Court, and we have to bring this forward to 2023 because the Supreme Court declared bail is a fundamental right. Um, what does Scott New York do? What does Scott New York say? What parameters does Scott New York apply as the Crown Attorney in establishing whether or not the Crown is going to agree with bail for the individual who's applying for it? Um, I would use the principles that have guided our uh, criminal justice system for centuries. And the essence of that is this offender, this offense. One size does not fit all. So does this person have a history of criminal violence? Mm -hmm. That changes the determinations and the considerations of what needs, needs to be made. Has this person got a history of not showing up or violating the conditions of their release? Okay, and oh, by the way, there are fundamental flaws in the way we can even determine if I'm sitting as the Crown Attorney uh, or being able to tell a judge what has actually happened because our system, our laws are so badly written that it's not... Although it's a crime to breach the conditions of release of your bail or your probation or a peace bond or conditional sentence, right, it's all in the criminal code, guess what? If you're released on parole or statutory release and you breach your conditions, that's not a crime. So it doesn't show up on the criminal record. So if I'm standing there in court and I'm looking at this and I see a guy with a long record but I can't tell... If, you know, he's also committed those crimes while he was on early release, then the judge doesn't know. I realized that when I was a Crown in the early days, and I figured out a way to actually, you know, do an analysis of it, and I used to, you know, specify that. But to this day, we still don't have a law that changes that. I'm very pleased to tell you that last Friday, a uh, conservative MP named Pierre Palus from Quebec introduced a bill uh, C-325, that would change that so as to make it a requirement that that be reported and to change the law so that it's a crime to breach your conditions, okay. which is a great idea. Yeah. So I did a program inside Joyceville Prison. Now, this goes back uh, to the early 90s. We went into the prison and we did a, a call-in segment where the inmates committee, and we had... 
individuals who were convicted of murder. We had bank robbers. We had drug dealers. We had uh, the inmates committee members. And I thought they, they, they did an, actually, an excellent job communicating with our callers. So after the show, uh, the engineers are taking down the equipment, and I was talking to the uh, deputy warden. And the deputy warden said to me, you know, Roy, tomorrow is release day. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to have to release a number of individuals from this prison tomorrow. And I know they're coming back. And I know they're going to be coming back for worse crimes. He said, but I know there are also individuals in this prison I will not be releasing tomorrow, and I will probably never be releasing, but if we did, we would never hear from them again. And I remember thinking, how dysfunctional is that? Yeah. Well, we, we've had a similar experience. Um, I've encountered cases, both as a prosecutor and in my days with the police association and the Ontario government, uh, on individual cases. And I learned from, I got very good insights, and by the way, I was tipped off to it by good people inside Correctional Service of Canada, to the culture inside Correctional Service of Canada, which frontline officers once described as GTO, get them out, and KTO, keep them out. And it's exactly that cultural attitude that you just described in your uh, encounters and that's a significant yeah. problem. Yeah. Uh, we, we identified that uh, years ago, back around 2000. So, we made some changes to it, but it's something that remains today, and we need to do a better job through things like electronic monitoring of dealing with higher-risk offenders so that we are able to detect if they're in breach of their conditions and not wait till somebody new is victimized. So what we need, we need a bail system that is responsive to the needs of society, and is responsive to what the justice system puts in place, and a, an individual who is going to be, I'll use the word, responsible, and live up to the conditions of bail. Scott, I'm going to b- sort of bounce around here a little bit with, with what I'm talking to you about. One of the issues that has been brought forward over the last couple of weeks, particularly, and last week I heard it quite a few times, reverse onus. So speak to that, please. Sure. All that is is an existing uh, condition that in defined circumstances the obligation, which is normally on the Crown to show that, as you, as you specified, normally on the Crown to show that there are grounds that the person should be detained, there are some circumstances um, where it, it's, it's in reverse, so that if it's somebody you know, charged with defined uh, kinds of offenses or uh, things like that, that's what changes. And that's using the existing sort of structure, if you will, of the bail system to modify it to deal with this. But as I mentioned at the outset, this is way more complex than simply dealing with bail. And it was, it was funny because I hated to admit that I told people when, the, when this first hit the news, the, the federal attorney general, David Lametti, was saying, look, this is more complex than just amending the section of the criminal code. And I had to tell people, I said, actually, uh, I hate to say this, but he's right. Okay, we... Provinces have responsibility under Section 9213 of our Constitution for the administration of justice. That means they're the ones that decide, for example, how police organizations or uh, uh, supervision organizations are funded, how they're organized. Give you an example. When I was with the uh, Ontario government, saw the, we saw the expansion of uh, what you'll see it in the news sometimes, dealing with repeat offenders called the Rope Squad. It was uh, uh, organized originally by the Toronto Police Service. Rope stands for Repeat Offender Parole Enforcement. 
and the OPP joined it, and it was a recognition that targeting those repeat offenders, whether it was on bail or on parole or whatever it was, that was a force multiplier and it had huge effects. I think what we should be looking at in some of these cases is, do all provinces have this? I've seen just in the last uh, couple of months, actually, Calgary and uh, Alberta generally is moving towards this increasingly. So is British Columbia. Okay, like, those are things that need to be addressed. They also need to say, like, are we using all the tools we actually have? Yes, we yeah, can change yeah. the legislation, but there's way more that needs to be done. So is the justice system, let's expand this beyond bail then, because that's what you're doing. And, and I, I can't uh, disagree with that because we look at it from the from 30,000 feet up and look at the system uh, as it is. You remember we spoke with the then assistant attorney general for the state of Washington, Doug Walsh. Yes. He was on the program with us in the early 90s. I'll never forget Doug Walsh. Because he said, if people don't believe your justice system, believe in your justice system, you don't have a justice system. Yeah. And that's, that was truer words were never spoken. Is the justice system that we have in Canada now, stepping beyond just bail, is it, is it failing its objectives? Is it failing to properly meet its requirements? Well, I think, let me, let me put it this way, because I've experienced this over the past uh, decades. I think... Um, these kinds of cases that we're talking about, where you're dealing with people who have been convicted of crime and released over and over and over again, people look at this, and they may not know the complexity of the system, yeah. but they look at it and they go, what the hell is going on? Yeah, if you say to they people that there are individuals who have hundreds of criminal convictions, they don't believe you. Yeah, absolutely. And the good news about it is, and I say this ever the optimist, is that our criminal justice system was not invented last month by the Federal Department of Justice in Ottawa. Okay, it's been around for centuries, it's part of our culture, and it's not the private preserve of judges and lawyers. It belongs to us, we the people. Yes, sir. Okay, and we can take it back. Yes, sir. You know, I'll give you an example of something. That same guy that you were talking about from the United States, in my conversations with him, I learned about something that they did that we hadn't been doing, which was using electronic monitoring to have better supervision and monitoring of offenders. And I learned about that, and I was involved in passing legislation to get that done. Okay, but you know what I didn't do is I didn't arrange to get the funding for the provinces to be able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's, and it's, it's not that expensive, but it is so effective. It's effective in protecting victims. And I tell you... The offenders, I've actually spoken with people yeah. who said, I look at, you know, the electronic monitoring and I go, ooh, if I go to that park and look for kids, I'm going to get caught, so I won't go. You know, Scott, there's something else, though, that I don't, I don't want this segment to end without us talking about this. We only have two minutes left. And there are individuals who are in Canada's prisons, men and women, who really want to change their lives. Yes. Who really want true. to who really want to better their lives, who really want to go on a different track. And I had the opportunity to meet them when I was on an advisory committee for the public safety minister a few years ago, and uh, with the CORCAN program yeah, inside yeah. prisons. And they, in, in, the CORCAN program teaches you skills. You actually get a journeyman certificate, not a prison certificate, but an actual provincial journeyman certificate. You work toward that. And if you don't live up to the expectations while you're studying, you're tossed out of the program. You don't get a second chance. And I talked to a number of offenders when I was inside some of these prisons on this CORCAN program talking uh, about it to them. They're so committed to changing their lives. And those are people we need to hear from as well because they are motivators. 
I agree with that, and that's what I mean when I say one size does not fit all. Our system, as you know, is actually deliberately focused on defender rehabilitation, which I think, you know, in a, in a sort of a larger view, uh, makes some sense because among the best protection we get is when people yeah. decide not to be, commit more crime. Buddy, i got to stop you. It's time. Okay, there are many things we do, need to do, however, for all your listeners, and this should just be the beginning. Keep an eye on this, folks. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.